Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Let me just encourage you right now. Take all you can from God. I think God's looking for some spiritual gluttons. Anyone like a big feast in the natural? God says, be, a, be one in the spiritual that, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you've tasted and seen, take more, take more, take more. And don't let this thing here get in the way of what God wants to do. Don't let the sceptics say that's all about emotion. Just come on. I just want more of God, guys. I want more of God. I want more of God to fill me, but I also want more of God to flow through me. And I, and I just want to speak into something for a few moments. And by a few moments, I mean until I'm finished. How many people are getting to know me? How many people love me? I'll grow on the rest of you. Let me just speak this for a, for a little bit here tonight. Father, let your word come rich. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 32. I read it this morning, but let me just speak into it. Moses talking to the children of Israel on behalf of the Lord, and he says, See that you do all. Everyone say all. All I command you, do not add to it or take away from it. These are days, church, where God is calling the people of God to do all that He has commanded, where we do not add to it and we do not take away from it. We do not add to the Word of God. We do not take away from the Word of God. But the word that God gave me for tonight, which I just want to speak into for a little bit, and I don't want to speak too long, but I do want to just drop this into your spirit because I think this is essential for Fire Church. And if you're visiting from another church, it's essential for your church because it's essential for the body of Christ right now. And I want to speak for a few moments on full maturity. Full maturity. I want to talk about fullness for a moment and I want to declare that our God is a God of fullness. We got to start with the nature of God always. He's not a God of lack. He's not a God of partial. He's not a God of incomplete. He's a God of fullness. Everyone say fullness. The Bible says in John 1 verse 14, and the Word became flesh, talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. I need you to get this right now. A lot in the body of Christ over recent years, we've seen a real drift into people either on the side of truth or they're on the side of grace. Anyone seen this in the body of Christ? It's all about truth, 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 truth. You got to preach truth. It doesn't matter how you come across. And many times that truth can be polarizing because there's no love, there's no grace, but at least we're preaching the gospel. And then you got other people on the side of grace, grace, grace. Where it's all about grace, God loves you, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Truth gets watered down because it's all about grace and love. 
And I remember saying to God on this journey, God, would you please, would you please show me the right balance between truth and grace? Because so many people are getting into error on one side or the other. And the Lord said to me, I don't like the word balance. I'm a God of fullness. He says, I come full of grace and I come full of truth. I am fully grace all the time and I am fully truth all the time. We need to understand our God is not a partial God. He's not sometimes partially loving and partially joyful. He's full of joy. He's full of love. He's full of peace. He's full of grace and He's full of truth. Our God is a God of fullness and God desires us to be a people of fullness. I just feel that God wants to fill believers up. <laughs> Some people say, I've been filled with the Spirit, I don't need more. My comment to that is, are you exactly like Jesus? If not, you need some more. I'm 50, I've been walking with my Lord, with God since I was a kid, the whole, for years, decades in ministry. And I tell you right now, I'll take any opportunity, give me more, fill me up. Not because he's insufficient, but because I leak. Anyone else leak? Anyone else have a life outside of these four walls? You know, the life where stuff happens and dirt gets on you and disappointment comes and hurt comes. Anyone? Anyone where life gets you down? How many people know that sometimes we drift, we don't run away from God, but we can just drift because of busyness, because of things going on. God, I need you. We'll wake up in the morning. We're driving here today and we're worshipping on the way. And I'm coming to be the one speaking the Word of God as a man of God. I'm going, Holy Ghost, fill me up. Holy Ghost, I need you more. I want to encourage you. Take the fullness of God. Take the fullness of God. We need it, church. The world needs the world needs an encounter with believers that are not satisfied in what they had yesterday. It's not a striving, it's God, it's a posture of God, fill me up. God is looking for a people that are people of fullness. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory. I want to tell you everything we need is divinely connected to our knowledge of Jesus Christ. These are days where we need greater revelation of seeing God as He is. I think one of the things He's doing in the church right now is actually almost like if you've got your glasses, He's cleaning the outside so we can actually see Him more clearly. Many of us want to understand what's happening in situations. God wants us to see Him more clearly. I just need an answer on this, God. I want to understand this. I want to understand this and that. I want to understand about this, about the end times and the second coming. I want to understand this about this. How about God? I want to see you more clearly. Do you know that every time I miss the mark and I stumble and I fall, which I do, anyone else? That's good. So you look at me holier than thou. Uh, we all miss the mark every time. 
every time it's because we're listening to a different voice than the voice of God and we're not seeing God as clearly as He wants us to see Him. And God says, I just want to clean the lens a bit. I yearn for people. I yearn for myself. I yearn for you. I yearn for the body of Christ that we come into the fullness of seeing God as He is. And I want to encourage you to yearn for that. Ask God to reveal who He is to you and I. More and more, God's a God of fullness. God wants us to be a people of fullness. But I want to speak into the word maturity for a few moments because I feel that's where Father wants us to land here today. And I don't want you to switch off. I want you to switch on. The Lord said to me, salvation's the starting point, not the finishing line. Sometimes we spend so much time bringing people to the Lord. And it's like that's the pinnacle. They've got saved. Yes. Let's go looking for the next. Can I say that's the starting point of their journey and even of their life. God wants to mature believers. God wants to mature you and God wants to be mature me more and more. The Lord said when people get saved, they haven't arrived, they've just commenced. When people get saved, they haven't arrived, they've, they've commenced. They've commenced. They've started. And I just want to preach this for a little bit here. Philippians 1, 6. Paul writes, being confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you, he will carry it on to completion. When? Until the day then Christ Jesus comes again. I want to tell you right now, if our life is not different than it was a week ago, than a year ago, we shouldn't be patting ourselves on the back. We're saying, God, would you give me the spirit of repentance, God? It's not bad people that come into deeper revelation of God wanting to trim that thing off and cut that thing off. It's, it's actually hungry people that say, God, I, I love you with all my heart and I want to be more like you. Would you shine your spotlight on my heart? If there's things that are not of you, would they fall away? I tell you right now, godly people yearn for God to refine them and change them. People talk about the fire of God. We need the fire of God. We need the fire of God. And I say yes and amen to that because it talks about being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. But I want to tell you what fire does. Fire reveals what needs to be removed. If Father reveals something that needs to be removed from your life that is keeping you from going deeper in Him, don't bemoan the fact that something's wrong. Thank God that He's brought it to the surface so He can skim it off so that you can become more pure and more holy. We feel closest to God when those things are removed from us. It's God's love that brings things to the surface and into the light. I thank God when He reveals to me that attitude. That's not right. That motivation's not right. And I respond to Him in repentance. Father, forgive me. And I feel like he's, He washes over me and He refines me and He makes me more like Jesus. 
Praise you, Father. So how do we measure spiritual maturity? And I really feel that this is on God's heart, Fire Church. I'm going to speak just honestly as a spiritual dad right now for a few minutes. Can I do that? I think I alluded to it this morning. We talked about it a little bit over lunch, but I want you to get my heart. One of the things that God is realigning in the body of Christ is a focus on godly character over spiritual gifts. Too many times we are promoting people because of spiritual gifts when we should be elevating people because of godly character. We reproduce after our own kind. I said to your pastors today, when we're looking at appointing people, the number one question is, do I want the people they lead to be just like them? Not can they lead a group? Can they do this? Can they do that? No, 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 no. Are they like Jesus? And God is wanting to actually bring back to its right place spiritual maturity. Let me tell you just two things about spiritual maturity. And there's more, but this is what Father gave me. When I said, what, how do we measure spiritual maturity? He says, a measure of spiritual maturity is the speed of your obedience to all that God has said. It's not your obedience, it's the speed. If there is an, over the years an increasing speed between hearing and obeying, you're maturing. But if you hear what God says and you wrestle with it three weeks before you say yes, and 10 years later you hear God speak and you're still wrestling for three weeks before you say yes, you're not maturing. I obey God when I get three signs, three confirmations, a talking donkey and a camel. I'll obey God. That's not maturity. It's the speed of your hearing and obeying. God is looking for a people who quickly respond. Come on, it's, it might be sometimes it's the difference between life and death. I get the picture in my mind right now. Parents walking with a little kid and they're walking beside the road and the kid starts to run and the parent says, stop. In that moment, it's not time to teach the child to quickly respond. You're about to see the fruit of whether they have learned to respond along the way. And it could be the difference between their life and the death. Am I making any sense? God wants people who hear and obey, hear and obey, hear and obey. It's not here, enter into discussion, read the fine print, amend what God said, and then maybe I'll partially obey. God is looking for maturity. But Steve, I, I need to understand what God's asked me to see to weigh up the cost. I'll get to that in a moment. I just feel the Holy Ghost is saying that this measure of maturity, the speed of our obedience, this is especially true when the personal cost is high. I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but I do need to be transparent because otherwise the amount of times people look at us and they even say things, well, that's fine for you, but you wouldn't understand, but this is my situation. If we told you some of our situations, you go, okay, 
They're the same situations. I remember the time I was in New Zealand ministering. I was by myself at the time. Sally wasn't travelling with me at that time. And I said to the Lord, being in my hotel room, by myself once again, having the intense spiritual battles, mental battles. I'm, can I be honest with you? Is that all right, church? Going through in tears, go, God, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I want to be home. Can I just minister around Melbourne? God, the cost is too high. Is, can I be honest, church? The cost is too high. There's being on the front line is too high. And the Lord said to me very clearly that day, He says, I want you to replace the word cost with the word privilege. The Lord Jesus Christ laid down His life for me and He laid down His life for you. Part of maturity is understanding there is a cost to following Christ. And God is calling us to be a people where our obedience becomes more quick to the Spirit of God. Obedience is not a pick and choose scenario. I'll obey this, but not this. I'll obey this, but not this. Let me just make it really simple today. Part of maturity is a more a quickening obedience to what the Spirit calls you and I to do. And that's not just go to Africa. That's what you're reading the Bible, and the Bible says, forgive, and you go, God, okay, I've been really hurt, but Lord, I hand them to you. Lord, I forgive them in Jesus' name. That's maturity. The speed of our forgiveness of others is a sign of our maturity. The speed of our letting go of offense, so it becomes a noose around our own neck. There's too many Christians that are... That there's almost a stench of bitterness that sometimes follows us because we're not letting go of others and other people's offences. And man, the depth of hurt that some of us have gone through is so deep. And that's why we need the grace of God to help us. Can I hear an amen? I can't do it by myself, but we've got the grace of God. And I'm calling you up. I'm calling me up. There's things that I have to forgive people of heavy hurts. But God says, I'm just looking for a people that will quickly respond and quickly obey all that I have said. And the second one that I want to mention mention is a measure of maturity is the increasing evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. It's the speed of your obedience and it's the increasing evidence of the fruit of the Spirit and can I say that this is especially true in difficult times? It's easy to be patient when you're sitting on a beach. You've got three weeks and no phone and no interruptions. You don't develop patience right there. But you know those situations in life <laughs> when you're running late and people cut you off and people abuse you. Anyone? Let me read you a scripture and then tell you what it means. James 1, 2 to 4 is very well known. Consider it pure joy when everything goes your way. Birds are singing. 
Angels are flying around. Leaves are rustling. You're doing the sound of music. The hills are alert. Um, no, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith, hang on, I thought you were talking about trials. You need to understand trials are simply tests. We've got to stop fearing tests. As we need to stop fearing temptation. Do you know that temptation is just as much an opportunity to do good as it is to do evil? <laughs> A test is not to determine whether you're bad or good. It just reveals what you really know and believe so that that which you don't know, you can know. Are you with me? A test in school, is, it shouldn't determine I'm bad or good. No, no, no. You get whatever percentage. Okay, then these are the things I need to learn and increase and grow in. We made it all bad, but it says that the trials of many kinds, the things that come against you that you think, man, this is difficult. It actually tests your faith to see whether or not what you say you believe when it's all going well, you actually believe. God, I trust you until something happens that makes it question. See, that's a trial which is testing your faith. But it says, let the testing of your faith produce perseverance. But then here comes the clincher. You must let perseverance finish its work. Then you'll be mature, complete, lacking nothing. Fullness. Mature, complete, lacking nothing. How? By passing the test through perseverance. <sighs> I'm trying. Man, Paul was beaten and imprisoned. Talk about a trial. But again, I've learned the secret of being contained. Father, <laughs> Joseph had the right perspective. He had a dream from God and then everything for 13 years went against that dream. From those that should have been most for him were most against him, threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery, falsely accused of rape, falsely imprisoned, and then forgotten in prison 13 years later. And then he gets appointed to the position that he had a dream about Nine years after that, so 22 years after his brothers sold him, he encounters his brothers and he comes out with the most profound statement and I want you to hear it right now. He said to his brothers, yes, you sold me into slavery, but God was sending me. It wasn't a denial of what they did, but he says, you need to understand, you're not bigger than God in my life. I want to tell you that health challenge, that relational challenge, that financial challenge, that person who is against you is not greater than the God who is for you. Man cannot close the door in your life that God wants open. We got to stop elevating the power of people over the power of God. You sold me, but God sent me, and God sending is greater than men selling. I just want to encourage some people in this room. 
People that say, God, make me more like you. Anyone prayed that prayer? It went really quiet then. This might be a trick question. I'll just, I'll just wait to see what others answer. God, I want to be more like you. God, make me more patient. Any man ever prayed that? <laughs> Wives, stop nudging your husbands. God, make me more patient. And then any situation that tries our patience, we remove ourselves from. So that I can honour God. Hmm. I'm in a work situation, God. I want, I want to be more like you and I, and I keep on losing my patience. So I need to find another job so that I can be a good witness for you because I keep on losing my cool here and I keep on doing the wrong thing here. So God, would you remove me from that and place me into another place? All the while God says, but the trial of your faith, it actually tests, the trial of life actually tests your faith. You've been asking me for patience. So I've got you in a situation where it can be tested so that you can be refined and actually develop the fruit of the Holy Spirit as you lean into Him. But you remove yourself and then you come over here and you've still got the same thing and the same thing happens again so you remove yourself from that job and go to another job and five years later you're in three or four or five different jobs because you wanted to move to a place where your patience wasn't tested because you want to be patient which is what people do with marriages all the time I'll remove myself three four times later God's saying, but you've been saying, I want to be more like you. And you keep on removing yourself from every opportunity to actually become more like me. (laughs) I'm not saying we need to be saddest. Hit me again. Hit me again. But count it all joy when you go through these trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. But you've got to let perseverance finish, finish, finish its work. So perseverance is actually doing a work in me. <laughs> I realise that the, the more I go through those things, the more I'm going, God, I need you. He goes, great, great. You're getting it, Steve. Yep. <laughs> I need you, Lord. Yep. Here's the truth. Sometimes we think we need God more than other times, but we need God equally all the time. The times where we don't feel we need God is probably because we're self-reliant. In Him I live and move and have my being. I need Him all the time for everything, including the things that I can do well. So do you. So God is calling the church to full maturity. Full maturity is actually the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There's there's the mirror that God says, let's hold that up. Stop measuring yourself by how well you're leading and how well you're doing this, that, and the other. God, how's my joy levels right now? How's my... How's my patience right now? How's my kindness right now? I have a yearning in my heart, church. I'm being honest with you. I just want to become more like Jesus because I know that really pleases the Father. But not through me striving, but me saying, God, I need you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Almost done. I heard the Lord say it's time to put away childish things. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with the six-year-old who mum and dad are feeding, 
But with the odd exception, there's something wrong with a 20 or 30 year old that mum and dad are still feeding. I, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Men and women of God, look at me. The word of the Lord to some of us in this room is it's time to put the things of childhood behind you. It's time to grow up in Christ. It's actually time to reach full maturity in God. If you're the same in your character as you were five years ago, it's time to grow up. If you respond to that challenge the same way you did two years ago, it's time to grow up. God is calling us to full maturity. And I heard the Lord say, don't stop short. I truly believe that this should be our desire. Paul said this. He said, whatever you have learned from me or received from me or heard from me or seen in me. How many people know that that pretty much covers everything about your life? Get it again. Whatever you have learned from me, anything I've taught, anything you've received from me. You know, when you're just around people, you can pick things up about people. Sometimes good things, sometimes bad things. Are you with me? Anything you've heard from me, anything that comes out of my mouth. Anything you've seen me do, anything that you've seen me do in my work, in my family, in my marriage, anything, Paul says you can put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Huh. The Bible literally says in 1 John four seventeen that in this world we are like Jesus. That's not just moving in the power of God. That's actually walking in the gifts of the, sorry, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. People said to Jesus, show us the Father, that's enough. He says, don't you know if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. A lot of people have said to me over the years, man, you're so much like your natural father, David McCracken. People see me preach, see me walk, man, you're just a little mini me. And they go, oh, sorry, they probably, you don't want to hear that. I say, it's the greatest thing you could ever say to me, that I'm like my natural father and I'm like my spiritual father. Like father, like son, that's a compliment. It's not a criticism. And God says, the Father in heaven says, I'm looking for some people that look just like my son, Jesus. Because that's how people are going to come into an encounter with God as He is. Full maturity is this. It's looking like Jesus. Fire Church, that's what I'm calling us to do, to step into as a pursuit. Yes, develop your gifts, but above all, say, Holy Ghost, make me more like Jesus. Holy Ghost, make me more like Jesus. Real quickly, three enemies to full maturity. Number one is a focus on me being right and on my rights. On me being right and on my rights. That's an enemy. It's all about, I, I just want to be right in this argument right now. In this conversation, I, I just got to win. My rights, I should be able to do this. I should be able to watch that. I should be able to do that. The antidote to that is what Jesus said. If you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. The enemy is it's all about me. Jesus starts to say, okay, deny yourself. 
Church, listen to me. Embrace the Word of the Lord as I'm almost done here right now. Embrace the Word of the Lord in every area of your life. This is not for your Sunday life. This is not for your devotional life. This is for every part of your life. Church, listen to the cry of Father's heart. Deny yourself. It's not about you. It's not about your rights. Christians don't have any rights but to do the will of the Father. It's my right, Steve, if I want to, I can do this. Are you born again? Yes. Then no, it's not your rights. We got to do a death blow to I should be able to do this. And we got to stop measuring ourselves against other people. Well, at least I'm not doing that. At least I'm not that bad. At least I'm better than them. Our measure is not another person. Our measure is Jesus Christ. That's our only measure. And if I measure myself by Jesus, I've always got further to go. This is not condemnation. This is invitation. Because the more I step towards Him, the freer I become, the more joy-filled I become, the more peaceful I become. Why? Because that's the fruit of His Holy Ghost. The second enemy is a focus on my comfort and my ease. Come on, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this spiritual warfare and this test and this trial. Oh, yes, you did. In the same way that the antidote, the, the, the answer to a focus on me being right and my rights is to deny yourself. The focus on my comfort and my ease is to take up your cross. <laughs> Woo! Hey, you doing? Sure, oh, not sure what came out. That was in the spirit. Hey, woo! Holy Ghost said, "We just need a little bit of lightness right now for a second. <laughs> Stop it. It's not, it's not always about comfort and ease. It's about taking up your cross. Let, let's, can we settle once and for all? The easy Christian life don't exist. Last time I checked, if I'm not following Jesus, I'm going to have trouble. If I'm following Jesus, I'm going to have trouble. If I'm not following Jesus, some days are going to suck. If I'm following Jesus, some days are going to suck. There's a common denominator here. So therefore, I'd rather do it with Him than without Him. What's happened in the last three minutes? I think what Father's doing right now is a physical manifestation. This is what happens when you say, God, make me more mature. More joy comes. More life comes. This is not a laboursome thing to step back from. This is a joyous thing to embrace, Pastor Alex. It's, I want to embrace it. Father, make me more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, make me more like Jesus. He goes, great, deny yourself. Okay, God, you're going to have to help me with that. Great, yep, every day. You know, you're going into one of those conversations, God... Would you be seen, not me? Would, you, would this be about me elevating you, not about me being right right now? Father, help me, help me, help me, help me. And if, Father, if I go to say something that dishonours you, would you stop me, Holy Ghost, and, I, and, I, and I'll keep my mouth shut? The amount of times that the Holy Ghost has stopped me mid-sentence. 
Come on. But it's not about comfort. It's not about ease. Come on. Take up our cross. Take up our cross. Take up our cross. And the final thing is a focus on my understanding and me working things out. That's an, that's, that, that's an enemy to becoming more like Jesus. My understanding and me working things out. Some of you in this room, you're in that place where you're looking towards God saying, what's this all about? Working it out, understanding is a great enemy. Because that's why he says, no, just come follow me. As you walk with me, it will become clear. I've heard many people say, when I get clarity on this, then I will. Can I tell you what that is? You've made your clarity on more important than God. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. He's been showing me over recent times, if you trust in your own understanding, you cannot be trusting in the Lord with all your heart. If you're leaning on your own understanding, if that's what's actually keeping you up and supporting you, it means you're not trusting the Lord with all your heart. You can't have it both ways. Hmm. And it's very interesting that the Lord said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. The reason God gave you a mind is to love God, yet for many people, their mind is the very thing that stops them loving God. But he said, love me with all your mind. So the thing that was given to you as a gift to love him has actually become the obstacle that keeps you from him. It's time for us to get this thing to bow its knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2 that I have the mind of Christ. And I wonder if he had to daily get up. I have the mind of Christ right now. Come on, I have the mind of Christ. Father, I've got the mind of Christ right now. I'm going into this situation. God, I've got the mind of Christ. Come on. One of the great things, I'm going to be really transparent with you. I have struggled and I've been diagnosed with mental illness myself. And that was only a couple of years ago. I never said this in a church and I hope this is all right to say this. It's not because sometimes, again, that's fine for you. That's easy for you. There's often, a, there's often a regular battle with highs and lows where I'm having to come back to the truth of God's Word. I have the mind of Christ. Come on. My mind is not the devil's dumping ground. It's the mind of Christ. Sometimes I win and sometimes I lose. But I am still here because I'm going to keep on going. And if I stumble and if I fall, I'm going to get back up again. There's been times I've wanted to give up on the journey. How can I be a man of God if I struggle so much in here? I'm being transparent with you. But I'm saying God is not looking for a people that everything is finding in its place, but deny themselves, take up the cross, and I'm going to follow you. And that's why I've got a wife who says, come on, Steve, I'm not going to let you give up because the call of God is upon your life. So don't look at me and say, that's fine. It's not many days. I have to walk through contradictions. I've never said this. I've got to walk through contradictions along the way that says, hang on, the peace of God guards your heart and mind. And sometimes I feel that. And sometimes I don't feel that. But where am I going to land? Without Christ, I'm still going to have it. And it's going to be hopeless. And if I'm in the middle of a dark valley... Oh, praise God, there's people who walk, come on, tomorrow's another day, come on, tomorrow's another day. 
and you start to pray and worship. And sometimes my wife has actually said to me, come on right now, let's get up and let's just start to pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's start to warfare. And everything in me says, I can't because of this. And sometimes she picks me up. Come on, if someone falls down, brothers on either side, we pick up. We're going to go together. We're going to go together. We're going to go together. Stop, like me, can we stop making excuses for why we're not growing up in Christ? It's time for the church to look like Jesus, not just in the signs and wonders, but the character and the fruit. My wife can testify, and please correct me publicly if I'm wrong, I'm becoming more and more like Jesus as the journey goes on. I'm, I'm learning what it is to reflect Him more and more by the grace of God, by His love, but by my posture of my heart towards Him. God, search me and know me. As I said this morning earlier on, we've both been repenting more in the last year than we've ever repented. I'm not talking about big gross things that would derail everyone. I'm talking about those little things because here's what I'm realising and what my wife is realising. The more I'm looking to God and the closer I'm getting to God, the little things He reveals so He can get rid of, so I feel closer to Him. If there's no repentance in our lives, then there's no maturing in our lives. It might be a little thing. You know when you do something and hang on the motivation, you get prompted? Was it about my glory or was it about your advancement? God, I'm sorry, I don't want this to be about me right now. I've been repenting even for the ways I've ministered at times when it becomes about, I want people to recognize or notice something. I'm being really honest. The Holy Ghost goes, no, 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 that's not right. Your motivation matters, Steve. This is about me. Don't get in the way and don't claim the glory. The closer you get to God, the purer you become in His eyes. He wants to make you and I holy. Be ye holy even as I am holy, says the Lord. Come on, put off those things of the flesh and pick up the things of the Spirit of God. It's time for the church to look like Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.